0: abner Mayers is a world champion boxer olympian sports commentator and most importantly dad to two little girls abner is also a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring on blue wires new podcast on the hook with abner mars we'll hear from abner his family fellow athletes and other people who make him boxer and the man he is Two parts I'm most excited about are Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to a boxing champ, and also the sports, music, culture, and family life he gets into. Like myself, one young daughter. Obviously, him with his two daughters. Um, it's going to be an interesting listen. I'm really looking forward to hearing along. Listen to on the hook with Abner Mars wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays. Episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. The as the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, and it's touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Did he did. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Indeed and Pepsi. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. joined as always by Sean Siegel. Sean, we're going to start the show off this week on a a tough note i guess we'll say we were it was looking like uh the the road ot teams this week uh and the ffpc high stakes leagues were going to go two and oh we we were on quite a run after starting i think we were like might have been oh and three in both leagues or we were one and three and oh and three and we've had a, a little bit of a, a, rena- a renaissance but uh this week it was looking like a very good week until kenyan drake broke off that uh, long touchdown which sank us by less than one point uh, in our team with Ben Gretsch and uh, the other side of that coin was uh, that Zach Moss didn't uh, do us any favors either so uh, a, t- a tough loss and one that I was very very confident I'm not overly confident heading into Monday night games if uh, if things are still to play but this one we <laughs> we had a substantial lead it looked like it was going to be a safe one and uh, unfortunately it wasn't one of the, one of the tougher losses that I've I've had on a Monday night uh, in recent memory H- How is it for you
1: I think that the silver lining here is that this team is probably going to need to qualify for the playoffs on points. But yeah, a victory right there. And then we're through the Alvin Kamara bye and, and really off and running with a team that has quite a bit of talent on it. I think the most frustrating thing here might be the fact that Kenyon Drake is terrible right watching this game this was an interesting <laughs> game obviously a lot of our american audience would have would have seen this game last night since it was on national television and you know you always are going to see these games with a little bit of a, a biased eye but people who drafted Kenyon drake they haven't been really getting what they had hoped for going into this game he was uh, one of the very worst runners in terms of fantasy points over expectation even with that long touchdown run at the end where obviously the expected points from that carry are very low you get the long run you get the touchdown he gets to 10 points over expectation on that carry that still leaves him below expectation for the season and every time he touched the ball in the first half i was so frustrated as someone who has a lot of other cardinals players because every time he touches it he contributes to a punt right i mean he runs into the line he finds the only defensive guy within five yards of him you know he he very fast in a straight line but he's not showing really any lateral agility he's not showing much overall athleticism chase edmonds has been so much better and so you know, get chase edmonds in there get edmonds in the game get him some touches so he can move the ball you know get these kyler murray points continues to be a fantastic fantasy point quarterback another 30 points last night we have him on a lot of our rosters averaging 30 points a game he had a lot of rushing yards in this game last night he has the rushing touchdown he completes the uh, approximately 70 yard pass which is a catch and run to deandre hopkins he gets the long bomb to christian kirk the kirk pass beautiful otherwise though played very very poorly had andy isabella for a long touchdown Missed him badly, had guys wide open at different points. Again, we've talked about on the show a little bit, and we talked about with Christian Kirk and our clip uh, from Mike last week, talking about that sort of intermediate area. He continued to to miss players, and this was a a frustration for me. Uh, Curtis and I had a team that was undefeated going into the night main event, needed a big game from Murray Hopkins And the Arizona defense to come all the way back and win. And the Arizona defense really did their part, scored a lot of points in a format where it can be a little bit tricky to put up those defensive points, especially if you do it without a defensive touchdown. And we were right there to where we would have gone ahead if he doesn't miss Larry Fitzgerald wide open in the end zone late in the fourth quarter there. So to see Drake as the hero to see Murray continue to really struggle as a passer you know you wouldn't necessarily look at the score of that game last night and look at the fantasy points from Murray and Drake and be like well those guys didn't play that well but I do think that's the case in terms of what we saw last night on Monday Night
0: Football. Yeah and we've seen a couple of times where Murray is just he's he's putting up the numbers but he's doing it in just a a kind of unconventional way it's not like you know everything's not clicking just the way that offense wants to go but we'll see how it goes as we we move forward here. Uh, We'll be touching again maybe on uh, Christian Kirk in just a little moment but as we look through today's show we're going to look a little bit at uh, some running back options so we might need them sean this week uh, with uh, the lack of faith that we'll have in zach moss uh you know moving forward here unfortunately but um looking at it uh, monty fan has up a piece talking about running backs uh, and his high staked article and it's one of the best you know articles to pick up and read or pick up and read i guess you can pick up your tablet and read it if you want to do it that way but um when you're actually reading it on rotoviz on a weekly basis because each and every week it gives you a fresh recap on kind of the the, the main uh concerns and things to look at after that week's action. And Monte always I, I just really enjoy reading this stuff. Great great content always from him. But what's your thoughts sean obviously you're the you're the zero rb king but as we look moving forward here what's your thoughts on the the running back landscape i guess as we have those buys coming up and and some players coming back and some players obviously that we're gonna be missing over the next couple of weeks through those and then some other players who are all right due to injury what's your thoughts on the overall landscape after six weeks well it's been a
1: fantastic season I think for zero RB it's been a little bit interesting in that the specific players who have really broken out and done such good work for the wide receiver heavy owners, not necessarily the guys I was anticipating to do this going in. Obviously we've got Mike Davis filling in for Christian McCaffrey. We have miles Gaskin dodging the Le'Veon bell bullet and really playing well for the dolphins. And There are a number of other sort of below the radar players here. And it's interesting. Blair and I have a team that's going to have six wide receivers who are going to finish in the top 15, maybe six wide receivers who finish in the top 10. And that kind of team gives you a lot of firepower during the bye weeks. We have a good quarterback. We have a good tight end. And it's interesting kind of looking at this to see where the running backs are now we just missed out on the bidding for james robinson before the season starts he's been the perfect zero running back candidate we just missed on mike davis and just missed on gaskin and even someone like a justin jackson who looks like he could have quite a bit of value now and so we have ended up relying on someone I don't even necessarily think is a running back someone I would never have guessed even uh, in my wildest zero running back dreams would fit in there and that is JD McKissick on this Washington football team and hard as it is to believe right now Colin he is actually number five in receiving expected points the only guys ahead of him there Alvin Kamara Mike Davis Aaron Jones and Miles Gaskin so One of the interesting things that we see here and we talk about all the time with this strategy is the importance of the receiving production. Three of those top five guys right now, very clear-cut zero-R beat.
0: Yeah, and one of the things you mentioned as well and uh, and the notes here is obviously we talked about Zach Moss, going true true to the true to the brand for zero rb starting frank gore this week who actually got us double digit points so uh we we had a dilemma between me you and ben as to to start zach moss or McNichols um for this week in terms of the games and it actually came out that there was there was a little bit of confusion over who was an active uh, heading into monday night football i, I wish Sean now that uh, the, the roles were reversed, <laughs> and we had that option. We we had gone with McNichols, but it's it's a bit late on that one. Um, so we were diving deep, trying to get down to Frank Gore, but uh, thankfully, one of the guys that we've kind of long been talking about, uh, Pat corain um, who done one of the clips for us very recently and had a major uh win in DFS this week. Uh, congrats to Pat, but uh, he's one of the corners of our our ship chasing team, and uh, he he also as a big rojo guy and we've been talking about rojo for a long time and it was a big breakout game for him although it came against my packers who absolutely uh (laughs) uh torpedoed after after that good start to the first quarter but uh, having dalvin cook out um obviously rojo helped us uh, get the win there and that's the kyler murray team that we were mentioning as well so some exciting things there um the running back landscape though as you mentioned it's been you know there was a lot of talk at the start of the season that you know after two weeks that people who went uh, kind of robust running back they were kind of doing their victory laps but i think the longer the season goes on the more we're going to see uh the zero rb uh candidates come out and, and it'll come out in full force as we move through it here so let's hope we can hit some of those guys uh, we, we just missed out on some of the guys you mentioned that we really wanted to get but uh, i know there's gonna be a lot of our listeners who, who have them on the rosters who are really happy with how those teams are going now and uh, it's going to be it's gonna be a fun rest of the season uh, the next thing i wanted to mention i mentioned christian kirk um and sam wallace last week he's doing his buy low report each week on, on the website and we're going to talk in a moment about the guy that he has nominated for this current week sean but uh, i have to give him props for a big big one from uh last week in terms of uh, christian kirk was the the name he pulled uh, for last week and he's been he's been pretty spot on so far and Cork is somebody who we've often liked and we we kind of wondered how things were going to go moving forward for him but uh, sam with sam with a good call last week hopefully the, the listeners picked up on that one and 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 have him on those rosters now
1: sam has been doing a great job and obviously we have the buy low machine on the site which gives you a an advanced strength of schedule tool that will let you see uh, what kinds of schedules players have played in the past if you're wondering well who's been inflated by schedule and i might want to look to sell in because even maybe if their schedule is neutral so far if they've really benefited from very soft defenses you might be able to sell high on those guys and then conversely you can buy low on players who have had difficult schedules and or are just going to have a very soft schedule coming up another cool tool that we're about to release mike beer's Uh, the real genius of the tool community he's got something coming out where we're going to have matchup analysis in terms of defensive backs and wide receivers where the matchups work out really where well where they work out a little bit poorly even in terms of in a particular game so say you're looking at this game on monday night And you've got the Cowboys versus the Cardinals. One of the things it was picking out was that Christian Kirk set to blow up. Uh, This might be a little bit more of a limited game from DeAndre Hopkins. Now, you know, you remove a couple of the big plays and maybe things look a little bit different. But Kirk, obviously, very, very successful. He looks like he's an emerging guy. The tool to pick that. This is going to be a fun app for looking at dfs certainly for start sit right we, we focus a lot you know on, on our show in terms of redraft and dynasty you know how you're going to be able to maximize those teams and those lineups going forward but a small move like playing kirk last week in some of your deeper leagues would have won you the week in many many cases and so to have this ability to look and see where the wide receiver versus corner wide receiver versus defensive scheme where those matchups are are really going to benefit you or perhaps hurt you, you know, that could be the whole thing in terms of winning that particular week. And so I'll just throw out here while I'm talking about that, that, you know, you do get that 10% off if you subscribe through the podcast. So if that appeals to you at all, you're a listener, you know, you're kind of interested in, in some of these articles we've been talking about, what money is doing, what Sam is doing, Obviously, we have Curtis's wafer wire piece that will be up today. Some of that great stuff, then you know, make sure you subscribe through the pod. Save a little bit of money there. But yeah, we're going to be looking at quarterbacks. And as we start to go into the buys column, we see that some of these matchups can be very, very important. If you're in super flex and maybe you're losing a Ryan Fitzpatrick, the news coming out just as we started recording that the Dolphins actually do plan to make the move to the rookie, you know, if you're having injuries, Dak Prescott, all of those people who picked up Andy Dalton, I still think that move is going to probably work in the long term. But it's not just this move of Dak Prescott to Andy Dalton, it's Andy Dalton with a completely revamped and really at this point shell-shocked offensive line. So maybe you're going to need to move away from him. Someone who has never been very trendy in fantasy and you know very justifiably because he hasn't scored that many points but now is emerging and is about to have a very soft schedule stretch is one Derek Carr
0: yeah and Derek Carr actually just just thinking of Derek Carr I actually did a trade this summer where uh, I acquired Derek Carr and it was kind of one of those things where it was like I was being given Derek Carr as part of another trade I think it ended up that it was like maybe a a, an early third round pick that was part of the deal that got Carr in as well and just thinking of that now and looking back sometimes this is how things can change so quickly when you're looking at dynasty like at the start of the season he would have been probably my fourth choice quarterback but at this point in time he's probably the the name that you're clicking uh, to submit into that uh, super flex lineup first uh, in terms of that particular roster so things can change very quickly he's obviously had a very positive start to the season uh through those first uh, four games he's averaging 25.4 points per game but it's been very very consistent um in terms of or sorry uh, uh, through the last the last four games but he's played New Orleans New England Buffalo and Kansas City all teams that you would say have a I should have Kansas City a, a perceived strong defense Kansas usually does their work from ahead and obviously more rush attempts more chances to turn over the ball and so on and so forth but 26.4 points 22.1 points 25.6 and 27 five so very consistent across the board at uh, two of those weeks as quarterback one and a quarterback one two of those weeks as a quarterback two but all those weeks is really um you know giving you a, a super floor in terms of what he's been doing I, i'm just not 100 sure and i'm not 100 sold that the, the raiders are going to keep doing that but if you look at the options that they are starting to get healthy uh, and have the opportunity to to lead to some of those bigger plays uh, i i think you know moving forward Carr is a very very viable starting uh, quarterback leading the league at the moment in, in completion percentage um and it's qbr second in the league like you know very very hard to be too too down on Carr based on pre-season expectations versus what's happening now and uh, a few weeks ago pat for asked about uh, on on the show on thursday about would darn waller break the the tight end record well we're looking at a situation now where obviously Carr is tethered to him uh moving forward so he has henry ruggs who I mentioned is you know should be coming back into a healthier situation hunter renfro has shown that he can be a productive wide receiver and then darn waller as well and uh, we talked about josh jacobs a couple of weeks ago um so i i think overall this offense is is like i i wasn't expecting it i'll take I'll take a kind of victory lap once in the Carolina Panthers were going to be better than people expected this year but I was one of those who said that I thought this Raiders team was going to be absolutely terrible uh, I'll hold my hands up on that they're, they're much better than I anticipated but if you look at over the the next couple of weeks uh, the Buccaneers coming up in week seven which as we've seen with the Packers this week quite a tough matchup but uh, then at Cleveland at the LA Chargers and then at home to Denver, all positive matchups. we look at the quarterback strength schedule, uh tool, so that's for the next four weeks and uh some some interest in other candidates and there we'll probably talk about those in a second, Sean. But Derek Carr, is he somebody that you're do you do you have many shares of Derek Carr in terms of, you know, dynasty leagues or superflex leagues? And if if not, is he somebody you're looking to get onto those rosters? He
1: is the backup in a number of my dynasty leagues. And it was fairly unfortunate because in a couple of them he's the backup to Drew Brees and if you're in a dynasty league you don't necessarily know that those guys are going to come out and have the same buy. you start to go down to your third quarterback or you have to to bring in some of these players who are starting because of injuries like a Joe Flacco that doesn't set you up quite as well but Cardinal I think really challenging someone like a Drew Brees now Brees is going to get Michael Thomas back as long as Thomas can behave at practice but Carr with the weapons that he now has really developing in this Gruden offense you mentioned that he was number one in completion percentage I have him in the Scott Fishbowl because completion percentage actually factors into the scoring there and he's done exactly what owners were hoping for that particular format and now he's doing it with this ability to push the ball down the field a little bit more as well And so we're going to see Henry Ruggs potentially open that up You mentioned the schedule. I think that the schedule is interesting in part because he's got the second best schedule over the next month and yet he's got the Buccaneers this week. And we just saw what the Buccaneers did to Aaron Rodgers. So I don't know that he's going to be a huge add in Redraft leagues that are sort of shallow to medium. I don't know that he's going to be that expensive to trade for this week. If you're talking about dynasty, maybe if you're talking about superflex, where you had a chance to. I mean, in a superflex, you're going to have to give a pretty good piece to get Derek Carr, right? But it might be a little bit less this week, simply because people are looking at that Buccaneers matchup, and if you have the ability to be patient and wait for that stretch that comes right afterward then Carr could be a key piece of leading you uh, really through this 8-9-10 stretch and putting you in a great position to make your fantasy playoffs.
0: Even though sports had a break, your business didn't, but you have to keep moving and that's what makes it hiring more important than ever and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and they do it fast. You only pay for what you need. You can pause any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer they have available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This season, football will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. If you're like me you love kicking it back on sundays watching as much off the action as you can i like to sit down have on a couple of screens but uh, the main screen that i will be watching has red zone on it so i can catch all those touchdowns as they happen i like to do that with a nice cold pepsi and as i mentioned on a couple of the shows recently the way i like to do it is Put it in the freezer for maybe 10 to 15 minutes get it really ice cold and then pop it in drop some extra ice in uh, really is a nice crisp refreshing drink to have as you watch those touchdowns roll and hopefully those fantasy points roll in for your successful fantasy football weekend of action pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it pepsi made for football watching You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show this is this is one of the positives obviously when we're talking about the apps you know in terms of it it's i i always call it a color-coded or a traffic light system in terms of like you know red true green but if we look at it arizona uh, have the the best uh, schedule over the next four weeks but they do have a buy in week eight we look at it then like you know sean we we have uh, ryan Tannehill and a couple of rosters that, that we're dealing with but actually having the second toughest schedule over the next four weeks with pittsburgh at cincinnati chicago and then indy so pittsburgh chicago and indy are not uh, three teams that you want to um you know be facing off against but at the same time the way the way the titans are being so efficient in that offense i wouldn't just every time i say that they're not going to do something that they go and do it so uh, we'll see what happens there but it's just uh, in terms of the other quarterbacks to, to target um you know washington are a team who everyone's probably down at this point kyle allen and um, but they have uh, the, the fourth schedule coming up uh, the chargers with the third uh, preferred schedule coming up here in new england then uh, next so I, I would highly recommend checking it out it's you know if you're especially if you're in a season-long league where you're streaming quarterbacks and you're trying to get those guys picked up off the waiver, like sean was saying looking two weeks ahead can give you a huge advantage in terms of not having to to put down that huge amount of uh, you know waiver budget on a player thinking ahead if there's a bye week getting him far after that so uh, it could be an interesting one there to, to get Derek Carr and get him into those rosters uh, another position obviously for streaming Sean is tight end and it's been I guess we'll call it an interesting season of tight end overall but there, there's three streaming options uh, and we're looking at week seven I'm just going to call out the, the three names and see which one uh, you would prefer? I know, I know, we have one of these guys on a on a couple of rosters too. But uh, Dalton Schultz, he's uh registered in forty two point two percent of ESPN leagues. He gets uh, Washington this week. Um, then we have Logan Thomas off Washington. He gets the Cowboys, uh, just seven point nine percent owned. Um, obviously had a couple of disappointing weeks, but had a bit of a, a better week uh, this this past week. And then Darren Fells, three point four percent getting the Green Bay Packers. This current week out of those three guys which of them would you be looking to start uh, this week if, if the situation arises
1: i still like schultz and you can see here that the espn owners also have a little bit more of a preference for him as well if you're a rotopass subscriber with us then you can see what you're Looking at in terms of the ownership percentages in those ESPN leagues, there. Uh, this article put together by Neil Dutton, Neil, sort of our tight end guru, and it's a lot of fun because it's more than just streaming. He goes into the targets, he goes into the air yards. He gives you a, a very full and rounded sense of this tight end position. And this tight end position, column, it's been absolutely brutal this season. I had yeah, no I, I, I was trying to
0: be. <laughs> I was trying to be diplomatic when I said it was interesting, but I think I think the way you described it is better.
1: You know, every season we we get these all these calls that all of the guys are going to break out, and even more than usual, it simply hasn't happened. Right? We're seeing a little bit of signs of life from an Herb Smith, but Chris Herndon not doing anything this last week. Even one of the stars in Johnny Smith goes out early, and then you've got to sit there and watch his backup put up a huge number of points for the Titans. We did see that Vance backup, uh the rookie there out of Missouri comes in and really did a very strong uh, impersonation of him, looked big, looked fast, exactly what they were hoping to get there and I'm kind of excited to see them run some two-tight end sets with those guys in the future. Very difficult to cover two players that big and that athletic. So if you have Fant, that might be a direction that you could go we had this discussion a little bit for our chasing OT team where we've had Logan Thomas. He doesn't start because uh, we have Mark Andrews, another tight end who did not put up many points this past week, but Thomas, despite the lack of production has still been seeing the targets there. He's still been seeing the high Snap shares, a lot of those translate into routes because Washington doesn't spend a ton of time in the lead in any given week. And he did come through in this game. You know, he's been a Ben Gretsch favorite. We were debating Thomas versus Trey Burton. Burton with the monster week. Uh, Pat Corain, again, you know, really pushing for him. The numbers for Burton were very positive in terms of snaps, in terms of targets, in terms of role there. He's really the guy that you want ahead of jack doyle but you know we had a lot of injuries in that first month we spent almost all of our free agent budget so we did sadly lose 28 to 16 in terms of a a low bidding war for someone in burton who then went on to have the big week i think if you can add burton you definitely want to do that but thomas breaking out a little bit there he'll be in the lineup for us this week how comfortable are you with him
0: i'm pretty comfortable to be honest the reason i am and it's something that um neil mentions in the piece as well is like the offense really doesn't have a huge amount you know obviously antonio gibson's there you talked about jd mckissick but in terms of tight end like him and mclaurin are kind of really the only pass catching options that you could comfortably start in this offense and he is kind of one of those players who it's going to probably be touchdown or bust but when we're looking at a lot of the tight ends around the league at the moment it's kind of similar situation so uh, starting thomas like in terms of dfs this season i have been playing thomas quite a bit uh to my detriment most weeks but um like I'll, I'll still keep coming back for more ben is somebody who ben gretz who even during the draft that was a, a running kind of joke would we would we draft him and it ended up then that we had to pick him up off waivers because we probably should have drafted him so there, there is value to him being a starting tight end for washington but at the same time uh if you have other options you're unlikely to play him but i i'm not i'm not uh like he's, he's one of those players that i'll put in the lineup without too much without too much fear but i i have the understanding that you know you could be you could be sub five points at the, at the end of that sunday so um it's gonna be interesting you mentioned schultz as well he would be my favorite option out of these out of these three guys um you know if you had the option uh darren fell is also also an interesting option you mentioned he'd doing a great job with the tight ends he he always does he, he he's pretty much pretty much the tight end guru um sean when we look uh, to wrap things up we're gonna look at some dynasty kind of trade candidates people to to look to buy now and obviously we've seen over the last couple of weeks uh you know some explosive performances we've seen uh you know jefferson we've seen claypool and then this week we've seen swift and swift not getting too much extra usage this week but obviously the explosive plays getting him the, the big fantasy day Um, so what you're looking at is obviously trying to not be targeting the guys who have had that big breakout, but looking to see who could be the the next guy that we can target who maybe is floating under the radar at the moment, but can can have that breakout as the the season goes on. The one thing I want to ask Sean just in terms of say the likes of Claypool or the likes of Jefferson, um, who have had sustained, you know, production over the last couple of weeks, like Jefferson is just looking He's, we talked about him last week but he just looks tremendous and claypool could he back up what he did two weeks ago well he, he did back it up again this week but jefferson just looks to be on another level i think the the kind of the superlative the superlatives around claypool probably we're getting a little bit out of hand on on the broadcast on sunday i seen uh, a comparison between claypool and calvin johnson in terms of the you know their, their overall metrics but uh let, let's not set the bar too high but in terms of those two guys for example when you have a young player particularly a rookie who has come out and has had that success i know we talk about having those veteran players sell them at their highest point but what's your thoughts on those rookies in terms of is there a value you're looking to move those guys out if the offer comes in or with a rookie season are you trying to hold them through the the whole season
1: i always like to approach it from the perspective of any player is available the players like a Justin Jefferson and a Chase Claypool they just have a different price if the opposing owners want to meet that then you know we can still make the trade there's no not not ever anyone who's completely off limits and that again goes to this idea of perpetual reloading we want to have teams that are as deep and as young as possible and as opposed to trying to trade you know a Julian Edelman or a Ty Hilton the guys that are going to bring you back young players and depth and the packages that will really turn your team around are going to be guys like jefferson and claypool and even though these players have been very very good there still is at least that slight chance that it's a little bit of a fluke i think that's actually maybe a little bit more the case with claypool than with jefferson we talked about in the article that these three guys you know who could be the next player because you probably can't trade for them unless you want to trade you know, a huge amount of your future ammunition Jefferson now up to the second most yards and the second most points of any rookie wide receiver in the last 20 years, other than Anquan Bolden, who, you know, people may remember started out his career with a 200 yard game. So Jefferson, the real deal, Claypool, the real deal. Claypool, one of those guys, again, goes back to this sort of running back derangement syndrome among rookies. You know, we've had Pete's clip on the show a number of times, talking about how those guys are just so vastly overrated now swift getting in having his breakout showing a little bit more what he could do probably not a running back who necessarily fits that but claypool going behind a lot of guys he shouldn't have gone behind and that's the case in a variety of ways but it was so easy to i think to forget that he was the number 49 pick in this year's draft right so it's not like people were saying okay well here is a dk metcalf type of player you know you pull up the combine explorer you see what he has done you pull up this the freak score tool and you can see that he's right there with dk metcalf both of those guys uh scored about the 90th percentile which again actually shows you how far behind calvin johnson they actually are but you have calvin johnson then you have metcalf and claypool both of those guys have proven impossible to cover with their size and athleticism this year. Then there's a big drop to the next guys. But I think when we're looking at sort of the next exciting player from this class and someone we might be able to get almost for free or not for free, but just at a, a very different price than some of these other guys, that might be a Denzel Mims, right? And one of the reasons why Chase Claypool, a little bit less expensive He had stayed for four seasons. He wasn't that effective as a producer in college until that final season. We do know that that's a red flag, uh, is one of the things that justifiably pushed him down. Mims, another four-year player, although Mims put up a dominator rating of 30% or better in all three of his last three seasons there, right? And then this dazzling senior campaign, 31% of the team's yards, 55% of the touchdowns. If we're looking for some similarities, now Mims isn't nearly as heavy as Claypool. He's not as big overall, but he's a 6'3 wide receiver who had a 90th percentile plus score in a speed drill, an explosion drill, an agility drill. And you have that 43840, you have that 131-inch broad jump, which is actually even more impressive than the 38.5-inch vertical. You have the three-cone of 666, right? So it's not just below seven, it's way below. And when you start to put those things in context, you see that for some of the tall receivers, the three cone is actually a very promising uh, drill in terms of if they're very, very quick, then that helps them transition to the NFL. So we have this size, speed, explosion, production package for MIMS, and yet, because of the injuries and because the Jets are so bad, he's someone you might be able to get, especially in these dynasty leagues where perhaps his owner is moving towards the playoffs, moving toward a championship run, and actually does need a couple of medium pieces From you in order to get through the bye week. So, the preference probably for most of those owners, if they use that rookie pick on Mims, he was much more expensive depending on the league. He was sort of a first, second round uh, edge kind of player there in deeper formats or super flex formats, maybe moving uh, into the middle of the second round. But a guy like that, before you've seen him play, before you can have a couple of bad weeks and say, well, maybe I missed on this, it's hard to sell. And yet at the same time, when you look at what the Jets are doing, then you know you might be tempted. So he's a guy I think that we could get. Colin, what should we be paying for him? How scared should we be of the Jets? We've seen a couple of these coaches get fired. We've seen the Falcons look a lot better with their interim coach. We've seen the Texans look a lot better with their interim coach, even though they did choke the game against the Texans there. The Jets don't have nearly as much overall talent as those two teams, so I don't think... <laughs> changing from adam Gase to someone else uh, in the middle of the season is necessarily going to turn them into a competent unit but sam darnold and a new uh, really almost a, a completely revamped organization going forward Mims might be that guy you can get now and a year from now we're talking about in a very different light
0: I, I think you're 100% right. Mems was somebody I really liked, you know, coming into the draft and just the lantern spot wasn't great. But if you look back to what we thought after the draft, like we were hoping this might be the season that Sam Darnold steps forward. We thought that the team could improve and <laughs> everything we've thought about the Jets has been a million times worse than we could have probably ever anticipated. We probably thought it could end up being bad, but we thought even in that they might be in situations where they're behind, so they're going to pass more, there's going to be the pass volume, so you get some extra fantasy production. But really, outside to the it's been very hard to to have any of anything that you really want to to pay attention to in that offense but we've seen this time and time again where a rookie maybe is injured to start the season and then can come in and kick things off straight away and it mightn't even be this season because of how bad the situation is with the Jets could be coming into next off season, but if we look at the perception after the draft off memes and what we kind of thought versus his perception now um like it's only six weeks really when we think about what's happened in the season but the perception of the player's value is that he's almost become a forgotten man in terms of a, a rookie so depending on how the team is doing that has him at the moment like he might even be on a a taxi squad depending on your league settings because he's been injured um so far but uh, reports there that he, there, there is potential that week seven could be where we we see him you know make that debut and you know if it's not week seven he doesn't seem to be too far away i think he's somebody that we definitely should be acquiring if we're looking to get those young players with high upside um you know whether the, the big question here is whether sam darnold is going to be the jets quarterback <laughs> whether adam gaze and i would imagine the answer to this is no is going to be the, the Jess coach, and there, there'll be a lot of changes, but I still think that he is somebody to, to go out there and target to acquire. Depending on what you would have to give up, is going to depend obviously on what the owner wants. But I think like a veteran player and maybe uh, a late second round picker, based on where he went in the draft this year, maybe a, a kind of more front end of the second round for 2021 might be something that I think could acquire him. Uh, do you think, Sean, is that around a fair value? I think like based on what the owner paid uh, to get him in the draft if you give them a similar value now for a 2021 pick they pro some, some owners are going to look to cash out they're not going to play that long game um i don't know if you'll get him for a huge amount less though but i think if you were given a kind of a, a veteran player uh towards the latter years of his career and then a late second maybe possibly even early third might get might get something done what, what's your expectations on the value I think that you're in the
1: right ballpark there. I think that because it was a loaded draft and we've seen that play out, that some owners are going to look at that and say, well, he was drafted in the second round, but you know, look at all these stars ahead of him. In most drafts, he would have been a first-round pick. You know, We talked about the athleticism. You, you pulled up the combine explorer. You can see not only his percentiles, but you can see his different comps. Green Bay Packers fans will be familiar with his number one comp which was javon walker someone who had a couple of explosive seasons for them before unfortunately having his career cut short by injuries julio jones the number two athletic comp for mims owners who are still looking at him like that probably are going to be seeing this and saying okay well i'm I'm not going to move off of that for a second round pick but if you have a late first round pick if you have a second round pick from Someone either because your own team is rebuilding or you acquired it in a trade where you can point to that and say, "Look, this is going to be you know the two oh one, the two o two, the two o three something in there, and then you add that veteran who maybe isn't particularly appealing to you but will help through the bye weeks, then I think the other owner would really have to consider that and so that's the kind of package i would be looking at there the other thing that you can do and we like to talk about this on the show is is make it a two for two trade where the two top end guys and you know we could look at, at mims at this point as even potentially being a top end guy in terms of what you actually have to pay to get him but if you have a big time dynasty name on your team and the mims owner also does then one of the things you can always do if only to make sure they really look at the trade because you've included someone on your side. If you just ask for a swap of the two big name players and then include Mims and say the future late first, early second, or a combination of second and third, something like that, then the fact that you've sort of, headlined it with the swap of stars makes it something they have to look at and consider maybe they prefer the guy on your team uh, to the player they already have sometimes it's exciting to go ahead and make that trade and acquire someone else that's another path that you can go to trying to get him on your roster right now
0: yeah i think that's that's very good advice um so sean teased it earlier in the show but i'm going to do it again here and that's that you can get 10 percent off a, a rotoviz subscription by using the code 2020 rv radio at checkout or going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information it gets you access to the tools we talked about today It gives you access to all the content all the articles uh don't miss out you can use that code to get 10 percent off a one-year rotoviz subscription as always at the end of the show thank you for tuning in thank you for listening all the way through do drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app it does help us out a lot here uh, at rotoviz in general and rotoviz radio and of course here at rotoviz overtime we do greatly appreciate that drop us a written review. it only takes a couple of moments but it it does help us out uh, as we climb those podcast charts that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. You can find all his work on rotovis.com. We will be back on Thursday with a clip, uh, a guest clip again. It's going to be Hassan Rahim this week. Uh, we're going to be answering what his thoughts are. Tune in on Thursday and uh, let us know what you think uh, when, you, when you hear the clip. Do you agree with this? Do you not agree with this? But that will be this coming Thursday's show. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on RotoViz Radio. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz with a discount through the RotoViz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else head on over to bet online today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses don't forget to use the promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's blue Wire, all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts